this is episode number 26 with Daryl Ratulangi, director at OCBC and ISP Ventura. Welcome to the Masters of Cashflow podcast. My name is Andrew Senduk, a former banker turned tech entrepreneur. And in each episode, I interview the movers and shakers of the venture capital and investment space in Southeast Asia, with the only goal to help you discover how to raise more capital, build better companies, and to give you a better understanding of the people behind the biggest funds in the region. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now let's get started. All right, beautiful people, welcome to a new day and a new session. Uh, today, I'm excited that I have on the screen with me, Daryl Ratulangi uh, from OCBC NISP Ventura. Um, you know, if, if, I, if I look at your, your journey, it's been, really, uh, uh, it's been really about banking, investment banking, uh, PE. So it's a really interesting journey, you know, going from uh, uh, companies like Mandiri and Much Invest and Panacea and Investama Indonesia to eventually now uh, running the CVC arm of OCB uh, Bank. Uh, so Daryl, I'm excited that you're on the show. How, how is everything in Jakarta? How are you doing? Well, I think it has been good, right? We're out of lockdown, so things are getting better. Uh, and so much, Andrew, for inviting me uh, today for the show. I'm excited to have you on, man. Uh, so, so tell us more, man. OCBC uh, Bank, uh, CVCs. I had a few CVC uh, gentlemen uh, on the show. Always interesting to see the CVC side, let's say the, the corporate side of venture capital versus the, you know, the standalone institutionals. Uh, tell us more about you know, OCBC, how they ventured into the VC side and you know, how everything is going now with, uh, with, uh, with the venture capital arm. Sure. Uh, so I myself joined OCBC and ESP back in early 2019, uh, pretty much to help them set up this venture capital arm. Yeah. Uh, long story short, in 2020, we finally got our license uh, in January as uh, part of Model Ventura license in Indonesia. So unlike most of venture capital, we're set up and licensed in Indonesia uh, and be a subsidiary of Bank OCBC and ESP in Indonesia. Uh, the reason why I think they, are, uh, they wanted to do this, I think they realized, look, uh, banking has to go out of just the traditional banking of mm. funding, lending, payment, and somehow be interconnected into this whole uh, tech ecosystem in Indonesia. Uh, well, it's also, I think, the right time. Well, I guess it's never too late, right? Uh, we are probably the latest corporate venture capital arm out of banking in Indonesia. So currently, there's four other, there's four other players, including us, and mm. we were the latest one. Yeah. Uh, so for us, uh, it's a matter of building what we call an embedded finance or beyond banking proposition towards our current customers, our future customers and trying to help our current customers to stay relevant as well in this whole digitization process, right? Mm -hmm. For a lot of them, companies that has been around for 20, 50, or maybe even 100 years, right? Uh, for them, this transition, any banks or any trusted uh, partners that can help them along the way, trying to find which solution is better or how to digitize my entire process will help them along the way. And mm -hmm. we do have... Uh, I guess a bit of an interest for it, right? Because we are also a lender of all these companies, right? If they go bust, then we, we're also going to be in trouble, right? Yeah. So we do have that, uh, I guess, a bit of an interest to actually help them along the journey as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vested, vested interest, right? It's not just uh, yes. providing cash. 
And, and, and how has it yes. been? Like, if you just look for, let's say, more in details on, uh, let's say, the funds that you're managing right now, because this is like the mm -hmm. first fund that you guys raised, or, or what Correct. fund are you on? And then how okay. big is the fund right so, now? Okay. So currently, we are on fund one. Uh, we didn't raise any uh, outside capital money. So all our LPs, we are fully owned by OCBC and ASP. And that's for a reason. I think uh, we wanted a very big strategic alignment of doing this because I think a lot of the problem with corporate venture capital is always uh, whether you actually get a strategic benefit from the parent company or whether you are hitting all the right person, right? Because yeah. in the end of the day, I think that's what matters because if not, uh, we are going to be exactly like every other venture capital. And yeah. what's the value add, right? Yeah. So that's how we set this up first. Uh, currently, we are setting up a 40 million fund Right. So we're focusing on pre-seed until Series A deals ranging from 500K to $3 million. So that's roughly our check size. Yeah. And is there any specific, because uh, it's usually like with banks, it's always going to be like fintech, fintech, fintech. You know, how can we leverage existing infrastructure? Sure. What, what is kind of like your focus uh, categories that you want to invest in? Okay. Uh, in general, we're sector agnostic, but we only focus on Indonesia or people trying to enter uh, Indonesian market. Right. Uh, it's not necessarily fintech, right? I think we have only one fintech investment uh, out of our 10 investments, but mm. it, I gotta say it's around fintech or it's around finance. Yeah, but yeah. these days, I think almost 90% of the startups that we talk about somehow fintech. are dealing with payments or dealing yeah. with fintech indirectly <laughs> or directly, right? Yeah, so so. I, I would say it's, it's around there, but... I guess the things that we probably don't look at is a bit of the deep tech, anything in space, anything in mining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might not be the best person got it. Uh, to deal with it as well. Got it, got it, got it. I think it's such a good point where you say like, um, you know, um, if it's just money or, you know, there's so many VCs now popping up, uh, where's the added value, right? Where's the added value? How do you see the landscape like evolving? I mean, uh, you've been in, in, in IB, investment banking or like PE or for, for a few years, right? And, yeah. and I think especially in the last maybe year or two years even, uh, there's a lot of new, whether it's new CVC arms, whether it's new uh, VC firms, you know, popping up everywhere. How do you, how do you see the market, like this whole investment market, like evolving in the coming, let's say five to 10 years? Sure. Uh, so I guess a bit of contrary, uh, there is always, an, I guess, more capital than the ability to deploy uh, in the case of Indonesia, right? Yeah, very good. Uh, people might not believe it, but like billion of billion of dollars are waiting to be deployed to Indonesia. But the question yeah. is, how do you find the right investment? How do you find the right sector to put money yeah. in, right? Yeah. And the hardest part is, unless you're sitting local on the ground or you have a local person or local context, it's quite hard for these regional players to actually put their feet in Indonesia. Because mm -hmm. I mean, as comparison, they always put us as comparison to China, to India, to now even they're talking about Vietnam, right? Mm. Uh, so unless you have that one champion or one person that can bring the deal forward, generally yeah. speaking, we always see, oh, this X company is growing at an X rate in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. Why should yeah. I put my money in Indonesia, right? Yeah, exactly. uh, I mean, dollar is dollar, right? Because in the end of the day, that's the hard part. Uh, so... That's why I see in order for any funds to succeed, I think they really have to have a good local footing. Yeah. And uh, so that's why we're trying to bring that to our advantage. So mm. 
all my teams are local. Yeah. Uh, like we we have worked various number of years in Indonesia uh, with different networks, with different backgrounds previously prior to this venture capital. So we know who to invest. Uh, we know who to avoid. And we know who to connect, right, in Indonesia. Because yeah. yeah. I think that matters, right? Because in the end of the day, it's like 75 or 80% of the value of the startup are to the founders, right? So yeah. if you pick the wrong founders, you're pretty much done. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. No, I think it's, it's such a good point, man. And uh, it comes down to like uh, sitting at the right table, right? Even for, for yes. a PC, it's sitting at the right table, talking with the right uh, founders. Uh, so so how, do you, how do you guys go about that? Like, how do you make sure that, you know, as a, as a quote unquote newer fund, uh, newer fund versus let's say the other CVCs or yeah. how do you make sure that OCBC is going to sit to sit across the right founders, you know, and have the right deals in front of you? So generally, uh, we have a bit of an outside to inside approach. La. In a way, we somehow know what we want or an industry that we're a bit bullish on or a, mm. a, I guess a bit a thematic, la. a yeah. bit more like the PE guys. Yeah. Uh, and then we go after what we want. So in mm. general, uh, assuming, say, for example, at the time we wanted to do online e-commerce enabler, right? So mm. at the time, that was our first deal. We ended up doing Circlo, right? Yeah. Uh, so we just compare a few players in the market because we know we want something along this line. Yeah. Right? And then it's just a matter of us pitching and how we can be different and how we can add value to them. Uh, yeah. And to let us enter the round, right? Yeah. yeah. The same case, uh, we wanted uh, to do home furnishing platform, right? So we, we look at various players and then we end up choosing one uh, yeah. to be our investee as well. Yeah. So that has been our approach. And so far, I think we do can really make a difference uh, in terms of strategic value to the founder. And somehow that's what, uh, I guess, let us win the deal. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that, that's amazing, man. Because it, it, it's, it's so true that it's almost like, uh, because there's so much liquidity in the market. I think what you said before, there's so many billions of dollars you know, waiting to be invested you know, in Indonesia or in the region. Uh, even for mm -hmm. the for the invest investment side, uh, it, it's also a challenge, right? Like uh, yes. it, the, the pond is not that big, right? The pond is not that big. Correct. It's not that every startup <laughs> that you meet is going to be like the next unicorn. So what type of, let's say, blueprint or what type of framework are you using now to, you know, because we talked about, okay, how do you sit across the right people, right? But yeah, internally speaking, like what framework yeah. are you guys using to filter, to filter all that, influx of you know pitch decks that you get or people that you meet to qualify to qualify the the guys that you meet or the girls that you meet uh yeah. to uh to say like okay these guys are a potential investment okay uh so in general we already kind of have i, I would not say a framework but i guess we know what we want and we know what we don't want and things that we can value at or things that look it might be the best investment, but it just doesn't fit our thesis, right? Because yeah. I think that's what sometimes founders forgot. It's not like when one fund rejected you means you're bad, right? Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't add up into the portfolio. Very it's not about on the risk appetite or yeah. I might have a potential competing deals that are already on the table, right? Mm. Uh, so things like that, I think it's a matter of speeding up the team to actually be on the same page, right? A yeah. lot of the funds problem uh, you have multiple people uh, on different regions, on different languages, and then 
they're not up to speed on what exactly the fund wants to do, right? Mm. In our case, uh, we always put a lot of effort on that, right? Look, this is what we want and this is what we usually want to avoid and uh, this is what we should be after, right? I can yeah. tell you straightforward, uh, we, we tend to be a bit more risk-averse. I guess most CPCs tends to be a bit risk-averse, right? Yeah. If we have to give up a bit of gain in order for a better uh, risk-reward return, We'll always take it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not looking for the hundred x or yeah, like yeah. multiples, right? Yeah. Look, if we can get five or ten x, decent, but yeah. with a better hitting rate, we will take it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. generally, that's what corporate is all about. Because yeah. uh, the higher management will not be so comfortable looking at that. Look, uh, you have nine misses and then you hit one home run, right? Uh, in general, if we keep hitting singles, uh, they're they're happier. Right? Yeah. That's just the fact. Yeah. And the better they're they're happier with this, the easier the management process goes, yeah. the faster the investment committee will decide and then the more agile we'll be in the market. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And maybe that's also like one of the big differences between like a normal or a quote unquote normal CPC, which is part mm. of a corporate, you know, and how their risk yes. reward uh, paradigm is, is totally different yes. than, uh, let's say, a standalone VC firm, right? And which right. brings me to an interesting topic, right? Because uh, talking about risk, uh, we look at the startup journey where there's, you know, like you said, there's a pre-seed and we go to C, Series A, B, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and the, the level of risk, of course, evolves along the way. And especially yes. in the pre-seed stage, uh, it, is, it, is a risky, it is a risky stage, right, in a sense, because there's not a lot, yeah. of, data, not a lot of data to, to base your decisions on. Um, uh, so so why, why, why do you guys, or why does OCBC, uh, let's say, uh, choose to, to also still focus on that? that early stage as well? What's kind of like the, the idea around it? Uh, so the idea around it, uh, we see some founders or some startups, they just have the goal of building something that is not so big, right? Not mm. every founder startup wants to be the next unicorn, surprisingly. True. Very right? true, yeah. Uh, so we're looking for things like that that are probably being left out by traditional VCs. Got it. While it might make sense for our core business or our current customer landscape. Yeah. Uh, so that's our, probably the rare deal that we go on a PC. Yeah. Uh, we just see something in the market. Look, no one really wants to build this in a traditional PC way, yeah. but it makes a lot of sense for us, right? Mm. Or sometimes we say, oh, we need something to be built around this kind of product, right? Uh, then we look out to the market. Either we look for venture builders, we look yeah. for things to collaborate with, right? Yeah. A win-win situation for both parties. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 doesn't make that doesn't does make sense. That does make sense. And when you and when you look look like let's say in your, your you know your career right now, right, where let's say you went from the traditional uh, PEIB type of background, and uh, now going into this uh, quote unquote fast paced uh, you know uh, yeah. high valuation and uh, type of environment, like what's been what's been the big change for you from just from an operational perspective, like how you look at deals? Has it been kind of like still the same framework how you look at deals, or has it really been much faster? Uh, yeah. Now, okay. Uh, I guess it comes with advantage and disadvantage, right? Uh, I guess in venture capital, speed and conviction is a really key thing, right? Mm -hmm. For example, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we lost a deal in a day, right? Uh, mm -hmm. which is like we just met them in the morning and then at night, I, no, I, I, I've got a term sheet, right? I'm, I'm like, wow. Uh, look, that that's just then we realized, look. We don't have the proper setup in order to fight things with that speed, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just that look in in PE deals at the fastest takes three months, six months. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. there's so many things to analyze. Right in here, like I I, I say I met Andrew for an hour, and then I'm like, look, okay, Andrew, I'm, I'm gonna give you a million dollar. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I guess it. I guess it's a big. I guess it's a big difference. Hmm. And while spending a lot of time in IB and PE make you a bit skeptic, sir, because mm-hmm. it's whether what Andrew is telling me is true, whether he's bullshitting me, or yeah, yeah. whether you know, like really, there's no other competitor that is doing this, right? And it takes time to do that, all that research and etc. Right? Well, yeah. I'm 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 also curious and wondering right now whether look. Is everyone else significantly better than us, or even have done more research than us? Right? Yeah. It, it makes you question, or they kind of just, you know what? Uh, it's like well, well, West, right? Just keep shooting, yeah. and one you will shoot and make the other die, sir. Right? It's, it's such a good point. It's such a, such a good point because it's almost like because um, even I always say like at the end of the day, investors are also people, and you know every every person is is um, vulnerable for type of FOMO, you know, mm-hmm. the fear of missing out. So. You know, if suddenly, uh, you know, uh, fintech is like super happening, then uh, you know, the buy now, pay later is super happening. Okay, we should just yes. go in, right? So, h- yeah. how do you, uh, how do you balance these, these, these? Let's say one is, let's say, trend, right? Okay, a lot of investors yeah. go into, let's say, buy now, pay later, uh, sure. versus, uh, versus really balancing out. Again, coming back to what you said, the risk and reward of that specific niche. Yes. Yeah. So speaking of that, it's it's funny you mentioned buy now, pay later. So actually, in the beginning of the year. Uh, we launched our newsletter and the first article we wrote is about buy now, pay later. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so a lot of people was, I guess a lot of people was buzzing and then they were really sure, look, a bank writing about buy now, pay later, they must have entered something or they have an asset that they just acquired, right? Which is not the case. Yeah. We, we just thought, look, this might be the trend of 2021 and uh, we yeah. wrote about it and we wrote about everyone. It's not like we just wrote about specific people, right? And recently, there was a few brands that got uh, acquired by SPAC in in Indonesia. I mean, things got acquired by PayPal and et cetera, right? Then space got really hot. Everyone was congratulated. I guess giving us congratulations is like, hey, you must make a lot of money, right? You were were in this, you were in that. I was like, no, we were not in any of that actually, right? Oh, that. but what did you write about it? I'm like, yeah, it's just it's just a research paper, right? I can write about anything I want, not just our portfolio. Yeah. And then I guess that's one of the hard part, right? For for a bank to go into buy now pay later take us a very long time. Cuz yeah. it's I guess if you ask what's the original form of a buy now pay later, it's a credit card. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. is the core of the bank. Yeah. Then for them it's like, "Hey, what's so different between a buy now pay later than my credit card?" Yeah. Right? I have this business and then I keep telling the bank people, right? It's different. Like how many people have an access to credit card, yeah. right? In Indonesia, there's only 20 million credit card out there. Mm. And most of us have three or four. So yeah. actually there's only probably like five, six million yeah, yeah. people that can really have it, right? Yeah. It's a luxury that people have, yeah. right? A lot of the Indonesian binopulator players are trying to do this for, I guess, people with uh, less accessible in terms of financial credits hmm. and you know it's quick of a button right just go e-commerce check it out yeah. put your put your data yeah. in five ten minutes done, right? done yeah so i guess it's i would say it's one of the sector that we might miss right yeah, uh, yeah. of course uh time will tell whether this is just a hype or whether this is to stay right 
what we see from the previous years, some are just the momentum are just gone, right? We thought we missed the next unicorn and then it ended up being a bust, right? So we were sometimes also, oh, lucky we didn't yeah, go yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Of course, training at the hindsight is easy, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that is with, with everything. It's like that, right? I mean, uh, whether you like it or not, I think at the end of the day, when you manage funds, yeah, it will be nice if you hit a unicorn, right? It will be nice. Maybe, it's, maybe that's not the, 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 the main goal. You know, even if you say like, okay, you know, 5X, 10X is, is also still good. But if you would have that in your portfolio, it would be nice, right? I, yes. I, I read something like um, uh, uh, recently, and it was actually about the comparison between uh, VC investing. So at least specifically within the tech industry um, versus, uh, versus going to casino so versus, yeah. gambling, versus gambling. Yeah. Uh, how, how is it as a CVC, as a corporate VC arm, um, how difficult or easy is it to convince the corporate side, the heart of the company, the traditional business to go into this yeah, different, different game? different sports okay. game, you know, of, of, of this whole yeah. high, high paced, uh, high valuation okay. game. Uh, I will not call it exactly the same, right? I always say, look, you can somehow make your odds a bit better, right? Mm. Just like playing, I guess, I guess let's not put casino rather, let's put uh, picking which sports team are going to win, right? Mm. There are odds, there are research, there are news that can somehow enable you to be better, right? Yeah. If a star player is benched, then suddenly the whole calculation changed, right? Yeah. Uh, things that might not win is going to win or vice versa. Yeah. So I guess the big difference are we know that the risks are high, right? But how do we minimize that risk? Mm. And how do we equip the team to actually handle this risk while still getting the reward, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, there is going to be investment criteria that are just, you know what? It's the next best thing, but we know we don't have the stomach for this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, things like that are probably the hardest for the team because then, you know what? In the next six months or one year, you're going to have to listen to everybody talking about this, right? And they always come up in all this uh, channel, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone in the tech industry talking about it. And then they were like, hey, why in the right mind you will not enter this? This is so perfect for you, right? Yeah. And like, Okay, yeah, just uh, run your own fund. I run my own fund, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but things like that always happen, right? That's why I created the FOMO, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So I guess for uh, back again to answer your question, uh, to convince the management, I think uh, gladfully, I think the OCBC and the SBA management have seen this as a long-term goal, right? Uh, they're looking into this not in a one-year or two-year horizon. Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking at this on a five years to 10 years horizon. Mm. Look, uh, they realize that uh, they need to do something in this tech ecosystem to stay relevant mm. because if not, everyone will catch up, right? Yeah. Currently, we're still enjoying our, I guess, Indonesia bank have always the highest net interest margin, right? But how long is there to stay? Right? Yeah. Eventually, yeah. our uh, it, it will be strength, right? A lot of the fintech are disrupting. A yeah. lot of people coming up with digital banks. So we have to find a different way how we're going to defend ourselves yeah. and hopefully leapfrog forward, right? Not just defend ourselves. We have to find an offensive weapon yeah. to actually go above. So I guess this venture capital is also one of them, right? Maybe we can find a solution. Maybe we can find a partner mm. uh, that eventually they will be big, right? As you mentioned, 
most funds will be happy with unicorn, right? If you ask me, would I want to invest in a unicorn? The answer is yes. But then if you go ask the other way around, what does the unicorn wants me, right? Yeah, like, good point. yeah, very good point. Exactly, right? Point. I might want to put my million dollar over there, but no. they do not want it. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, That's what I said to the management. I'm like, look, realistically, I know you want the unicorn, but we, we can. They don't want us, right? So the next best thing is we find the next that is going to be unicorn, right? And then make that relationship early. Yeah. And then hopefully when they, when they are unicorn, they do remember us, right? And we were going to be around. At least yeah. we are already on the boat first yeah. before all the big guys come in. Because yeah. if not, then I guess it takes $100 million to go to the unicorn, not the million dollar. Yeah. I guess for people, for corporate that are willing to put that amount of money, then the answer is yes, just partner with every unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well I, I think that's, that's, that's a good point, right? Where... Um, do do the unicorns want my money? Like uh, that, yes. that that's such a weird uh, weird uh, uh, paradigm, but it, but it's true, right? It could be that you know these startups are raising money and they'll say like you know I'm oversubscribed, so I want your money, but I, I don't want your money. I want your money. I don't want your money. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that comes back to what we discussed before. I think that relationship where you know you can already invest in a relationship, let's say in the pre-seed stage, and they they know oh Daryl the good guy. He supported us from yeah. the beginning. And how do you um? Okay, so we said, right? I think PC, the PC game is not just about, it's not about just the check. It is about much more. And I think that's where you yeah. create your, you know, uh, USP or, you know, your, your uh, benefit uh, compared to others. How do you guys, how does the team add more value uh, besides just check? Like, how do you support the entrepreneurs? Because, you know, if, if I now look at, at any PC website, whether it's a CVC or... or <laughs> Everyone will say we're going to build, you know, the next uh, life-changing yeah. uh, technology with entrepreneurs. But how do you how do you see that from a sure. practical perspective? Okay. I guess I guess it will sound very generic, right, with every PC fund out there. But I guess value add is the new buzzword in, in all this venture capital yeah. arm, including yeah. us, us yeah. ourselves, right? Yeah. But we really believe it's in the end we're in the business of people, right? Yeah. It, it's it's like look. How am I different compared to every other VC? I always joke to the founders, right? Uh, it's me, right? You're comparing me versus the next guy or the next girl, right? Yeah. In the end, that's it. We're yeah. putting the same amount of money yeah. at the same amount of valuation, right? Yeah. Some VCs are building the brand, right? The brand are bigger than the people, yeah. which is, it's a very rare case, right? But then yeah. I keep telling you, right? Look, if you want to go to this brand, right? Do you even have access to the right people in that brand? Yes, the brand is awesome. But yeah. in the end, when you really, I guess, like COVID, right? COVID yeah. hits a lot of the founders uh, hard, right? In the end of the day, when they need to pick up that phone call in the middle of the night, when they need to lay off that people, their employees in order to say survive, mm. right? Do they pick up your call? Are they yeah, there? Can they make the decision, right? Yeah. That's yeah. another thing, right? They might yeah. pick up your call, but then look, uh, it's 12 hours away in the US. I need to talk to my boss who's in the US, right? Uh, yeah, in the next 12 hours, uh, I guess you might need the decision-making, right? Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing how we're different is we just have to keep innovating, providing better service. Uh, just look, be there, be there for the founder, right? Because yeah. in the end, even in multiple portfolios, sometimes we have to play a different role, right? Yeah. Some founders are just more, look, 
just be a bit of a cheerleader uh, on the side, you know. Yeah. Uh, look, motivate us. Uh, be there when we are down, yeah. right? Help us when you need to, right? Yeah. Some founders likes to be, I guess, stay around, right? Hey, you know what? Be that passenger that kind of give me direction, yeah. right? So we just have to kind of play all this multiple role. And yeah, yeah. in the end, it's an expectation with the founder as well, down from the start, right? Look, how do you see me valuing to your company, right? How we can be different yeah. and what are you expecting of me? Because yeah. I think most founders do not want that, I guess, truth. I guess in Asian culture, we tend to be a bit shy or a bit not outspoken. So sometimes it's too late, right? Yeah. We, we kind of already signed the agreement and then they say, look, actually we want you because we thought you can provide A, B, C, D, and E, right? Well, actually, why do you never ask me before, right? Actually, I cannot provide you A, B, C, D, and E. I can only provide A, yeah. right? Did you know that, right? Why didn't you ask me, right? Yeah, yeah. The same the other way around. Even sometimes us fall into the trap. We like one startup so much, right? We forgot like, oh, whether they can collaborate with us in this way, whether it match our current portfolio, is just that, I guess that human element tends to yeah. overcome a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's beautiful. It, it, it just uh, emphasizes the fact that, you know, it's, it's really a people game from both yes. from both both the investor side and and the startup side right hey i, I want to discuss something which which i find interesting let's say from a more micro level right um, coming from you know I, I came from banking as well and and i always love to have that difference between uh, on the on the modeling side right on the data side mm. and the financial models that you use you got the pe and the ib uh, financial models uh, which could be very technical because yeah. you know, those the maturity of those companies are you know there's a lot of data points so a lot of modeling going on right there where in the VC space or let's say the, the tech space, most of the time, the, the data points are, are limited, especially pre-seed, especially pre-seed. Yeah. Um, looking at financial models, like is there a huge difference between uh, the models that you're using right now to come to a certain valuation or, or is, it, is it still kind of similar? Yeah. Uh, sadly, it's quite different. I, I would say... 99% of the time, the numbers never add up, right? If you're trying to punch the TCF, there is no way that in the right mind, you will come up with that valuation that the founders are expecting or yeah. the valuation that you need to put in order yeah. to win the deal, right? Because yeah. in the end of the day, you can say one is expensive, but if every of your other competitor is buying at that price, you just have to kind of step up. That right? is... that's, that's the market, right? No. I, I always say, look, there's a market value for things, right? Uh, who who decide the market is a two way right supply and demand. Yep. Uh, yep. Sadly, the DCF never adds up. I guess <laughs> you know when back in the PE days in the IB days we always discount things. Uh, in 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 VC days I just kind of have to put premium on every single thing, and it's just the way it is. And sometimes even we still lost the deal, right? Yeah. Even after putting ridiculous premium, it is it is what it is. Yeah, but, but that, that is super interesting, right? Because I think every decision, you want to justify a decision, right? You want to justify evaluation. That's why you put the DCF, you put the discount cash flow model, and, and, and that would also, for your internal, uh, internal yes. reporting, it, you, know, you can justify, okay, you know, we put this valuation on this company because yeah. of you know, the model that we have. But that means nowadays when, like you said, if, if, 
if in a deal all the all the all the term sheets you know have valuation of ten million dollars where you know based on your normal discount cash flow model you say like oh well, it's actually six right yeah. not more than six um there could still be a situation where you would still you would still write that term sheet even though yes. the model doesn't doesn't back it up uh yes and we did right? yeah you did you did uh yeah, we, we it's not like we don't have a choice, right? In the yeah. end, we we put down our risk and reward framework, right? Yeah. Uh, we also estimate what it will be in the next year when they launch their Series A, Series B, mm-hmm. and we see what what's our real risk, right? Yeah. So, just just like I, I guess I put it, it's simple. I always like the stock market analogy, right? Mm. Uh, if one stock already went up two hundred percent in the last year, right? Does it mean it cannot rise another hundred percent in the next year? Yeah, it can, right? No. A lot of it comes on, I guess, momentum, momentum trading, right? Startups that are in the right space in the right momentum, uh, always have the benefit. Just like you mentioned earlier, we used the example of buy now, pay later, right? Mm. Because the sector gets really hot. Every startup in this sector gets a benefit. They get an extra eye. A lot of invest- investors are eyeing them, right? Mm. When demand goes up, supply remain constant. Price mm. is going to go up, right? It's a yeah. simple economics. Yeah, yeah. So if we cannot put our DCF and everything, it doesn't add up, then we always put the different hat, right? Yeah. We, we put ahead a bit of investor semi-trader, I would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, I guess very good point. We have to. Yeah. Because, I mean, if not, we're just going to be sitting with funds and then, what, drinking coffee all day, right? Uh, <laughs> and not yeah. deploying because we only make money when we deploy. Yeah. That's the sad fact of life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is so interesting, right? That is definitely like the the side of the oh, for any VC. I mean, you know, uh, yes. LPs give you money to invest, you know, and if you don't invest, you're not you're not following the mandate. Yes. Then then you're not doing your job, right? Then then someone yes. else should be doing that. No, that is uh, that is so true. Which brings me to an interesting topic, right? Because um, I, I love to talk about this example of let's say uh, uh, we work, right? We work and. Yeah, and then, then there's there's a few other examples like uh, uh, Looking Coffee was one in the China and yeah, like these these investment uh, or these these startups you know that that were super hot were very hot yeah. uh, valuation skyrocket, um, but then due to maybe internal fraud or you know over evaluating you know really like evaluating air in that sense, uh, these these guys these companies kind of like imploded. Yeah. Um, that means, as an investor, you need to really balance this this feeling of what's hot, where should I go, versus yeah. you know what we talked about the uh, really justifying your decision, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you look at those those how do you look at those examples, and how can you apply it for yourself to you know to make the right investment decision? Great. I guess it comes from fun to fun, right? In the end, uh, what's your worst case scenario, mm. right? Uh, or what, what are you afraid the most, right? If you ask people like me, what am I afraid the most is that what I call a headline risk, right? Look, uh, I cannot wake up the next morning and I see it in the newspaper and see, look, a portfolio of OCBC and SP Ventura committed a fraud, right? To me, there's just, oh, shoot. That's yeah. worse than writing off an investment, right? Yeah. To me, that's the biggest risk that mm. I'm trying to avoid, mm. especially for big corporation like us because it comes on a ripple effect, right? Yeah. We're not just talking about the million dollar or the so much money that we invested, right? It's it's 
it's a loss of trust. It's a yeah, loss exactly. of yeah. uh, customers, right? Which might not be quantifiable, right? So in our case, we do avoid that kind of a risk, right? So that kind of eliminates us from getting to the hottest deal in the market because the hottest deal in the market will always come with that risk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of, although the other side of things, look, you can say all the bad things about WeWork, right? But during the time when WeWork is hot, a lot of people probably lose their promotion, lose their job, lose their career mm. because of not investing in WeWork, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next guy that invested in WeWork got that promotion. Yeah. Uh, it is. That's the fact. That's yeah. I mean, we live in that kind of world, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, but but I think that's that's definitely we live in that kind of world where yes. uh, you know, is it is it uh, at the end of the day, your your main KPI is ROI for the for the business, right? ROI for the fund, ROI as a, as a whole. Correct. Uh, ver- versus versus, are there actually, is there a sustainable business? Am I investing in a sustainable business? And I think especially okay. in that pre seach in that early stage, uh, everyone will say that I. I am a I am a sustainable business. Come invest in me, right? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the that whole. I don't know. I think a level of of, of you know optimism, a realistic optimism. I call yeah. to to kind of like sense this realistic optimism with entrepreneurs, right? To uh, yeah invest in them or not. And and what, what's your view? What's your view on on entrepreneurs? I mean, you know, there's all types of entrepreneurs. Um, and I think as an investor, that gut feeling that 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 scan that you do right to say yeah. like because i think within the first moment you meet an entrepreneur you'll be like okay this guy this girl is yeah. what are what are kind uh, of key characteristics that so you look we're, we're we're looking for founders that have expertise right uh humble i guess humble yet but confident right mm. we do not like those dreamer type you know i i, I you've got a billion market to tackle uh and then look i think we can do this right uh but then again, we always ask, look, why are you the right person? Why are you in the right team to actually tackle this problem, right? There's mm. multiple billion of problems in Indonesia or even the world, right? Mm. But the question is always, why you, right? Why yeah. why now or why now, right? Sometimes yeah. even why now? Yeah. They can be a bit too early. So we like founders that really understand the space well, know what problem that they want to tackle and yeah. why is it important for them to do so, right? Because mm. sometimes a lot of the founders... Uh, do the startup for the wrong reason, I would say. Very right? true, very true. Uh, uh, I guess some are talking about prestige, some are fame, some are money. Hmm. I guess we like the founders that, look, we want to tackle this problem because this problem is close to heart. Things yeah. like, yeah. Look, this happens to my parents, this happens to someone I know. Things like that are powerful because when times are hard, uh, you know, when you have this thing to, I guess, hold on to as an anchor, as hmm. a belief, right? You, you somehow will succeed. You will thrive. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that, right? Uh, you will work harder. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I think especially in those moments where like a, like a period of COVID or, you know, those type mm. of pandemics, is, it, is the fight really worth it, right? And you need to have entrepreneurs yes. that say like, I, we go just yes. full on yeah. like hardcore, right? Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that, that's so true. That's so true. And when you... Um, uh, when you now look at the fund, right? So the fund now is 40 yeah. million big, 40, 40 yeah. bucks. Um, you're investing, let's say 500. Is it starting with $500,000 up until? Uh, we, we have gone a bit lower, but that's a bit of our, I guess the ballpark ranges right. that we are comfortable with. Uh. 
So, so let's say what uh, 40, 40, maybe 60. So we, 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 we have deployed only probably a quarter of our fund. We invested right. into 10 startups. So I guess we're still a long way to go. Got it, got it, got it. And, and, and what's been, what's the timeline? What's your time horizon? Because uh, like you said, like we said before, there's a mandate for that 40 bucks to be, to be deployed. Like, are you deploying yeah. within the coming, I don't know, 24, 24 months or what's, what's the timeline? Uh, our fund life are quite similar. The, the traditional five plus five, right? So right. I guess we're looking next five years to invest. I yeah. guess we, we are a bit of an evergreen fund because we don't have to return our money to the LP. Yeah, yeah exactly. So on, on some cases we can stay longer, but uh, I always tell the founder we'll, we'll act like any traditional PC yeah. If we need to facilitate an exit, or if you need us to exit, I guess uh, we'll, we'll follow the process, and we're not we're not gonna block you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's good, man. Hey, so um, uh, assuming assuming that I would give you now, uh, let's say five hundred million dollars, I'll say yeah. Daryl, uh, here's five hundred million dollars. Uh, I want you to invest it in uh, the three uh, categories or niche markets that you think are the next big thing in Indonesia or Southeast Asia? What would be the three markets that you really believe in and why? Okay. Uh, so I, I do, I'm a strong believer of uh, FinTech, right? Because uh, I mean, financial inclusion is a big thing personally for me uh, as someone that joined investment in early round because most people just do not have the luxury of this financial literacy or financial yeah. access. Yeah. And I feel this sector needs to be helped. And I guess combination with the government uh, trying to do this asset and our education system, right? While money is so important on life, mm. we're, we're never really taught about money, right? Yeah. So uh, yes, we, we got taught on accounting, yeah. but then they never really tell you about mortgage, right? They yeah. never really tell you about loan, mm. right? Which is sad. I mean, in the end of the day, when you graduate from university, you kind of need a bit of this to actually succeed in life, right? Yeah. Most people need to end up buying mortgage right yeah yeah true so we're looking into the space but to be honest never really think about it at the 500 million i could always say i will not be the right people for it right uh this is the space that i like and the funds cannot be significantly bigger than the current size in order for me to remain agile right because if you have the push in order to deploy right you have to finish that capital in the amount of time yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing that's where you start to make mistakes, right? Yeah. You start to push your luck or you start to push things that you are a bit 50-50 on. Yeah. Uh, why yeah. I like this size and why I like this management is more, look, if you're not sure if, if, if probability rate is down, then don't deploy, right? Especially last year, right? On, on this COVID or this uncertainty time, this really matters. Right. Yeah. For some fund that are taking the flock, look, you need to deploy. Just deploy. Uh, yeah, that's just a bad situation, right? True, true. Like, we, we always have to be ready for the best opportunity available for us, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let's say then not 500 million. Let's say I'll just give you 50 million. Can you let me know? Like, so, where, I, where I will go fintech. I, I always like fintech, e-commerce, and we are one of those guys uh, that like prop tech. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and why why do you like like e-commerce, for example? E-commerce as okay. in like. I guess we like e-commerce because looks the way that people change of going to the mall, buying things are going to change, right? It's not mm -hmm. that mall will not exist, but the way that people buy things are just gonna be changing. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you look at the shop offline and then you buy it online, right? Yeah. So yeah. the stores become just a showroom. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's an accessibility for, I guess, Indonesia is an archipelago, right? Yeah. Look, it's easy to say in Jakarta, there are a number of malls, right? Well, if you're sitting in Kalimantan or if you're sitting in Papua, mm. how many number of malls are there, right? True. If the e-commerce doesn't exist, look, it's just so hard for them to buy stuff at the same price as yeah. us in Jakarta. Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. And even, I mean, I, you know, I, I love e-commerce, right? So even now when, you know, you got the big guns, uh, the, the tokos and the, the shopees and the bukalapaks and you think that um, there's still room for like new e-com players, even though like those giants are already like dominating the horizontal play? Uh, I guess there is always, there's always going to be a room, right? It's the road is tougher for sure, because a lot of money are already uh, capital are being sucked up over there. And it do takes a huge amount of capital to build this, but I would not say never, right? Mm-hmm. People before Shopee enters Indonesian market, people write them off, right? Yeah. And look at them. They're arguably number one or number two now, right? Oh, man. So I guess it's it's never too late. Mm-hmm. I think that that's maybe especially for the horizontal players. But I think yes. for vertical players, you know, like an Orami, for example, or yes. like you know, who are more focused on it. Yes. Or like you said, like so, the manager. Yeah. There is always a niche, right? Uh, the question whether you can be the next unicorn being on that niche probably are harder, right? Yeah. I guess there's a specific reason being niche are the markets are smaller, right? Yeah, yeah. But then, look, you might not want... Say say we do have one, right? Furniture, furniture platform, right? Selling home and furnishing. Yeah. Look, it's hard for us to shop furnitures in Lazada, Tokopedia, or Shopee or Bukalapak, right? Mm-hmm. Because the amount of SKU are not being properly categorized. Look, the vendor's selections are limited. Yeah. Uh, we don't know whether it's fake, it's real, yeah. right? So I guess there's a certain categories which you can go on that specific niche market. Mm. I, I, I do believe that. Yeah, yeah. But it will not be a unicorn per se, which is, which is fine. Which is fine, right? You can be a nice, profitable business. I think uh, that's my message to a lot of founders, right? Do you really want to be unicorn? Is it your ego or yeah. is money in your pocket, right? Yeah. Do you want a 10% of a unicorn or do you want a 50% of $500 million business, right? I think that is that is like the red line. I think that is a very good statement there. Like, uh, are people so, you know, occupied or obsessed with this unicorn status? Because I have to say, like nowadays, this whole talking about headline risk, I think that's also one yeah, of the yeah. uh, consequences of these headlines. I think a lot of the startup yes, founders yeah. are a bit like, you know, blurred with, you know, why they're doing things yes, yes. Uh, that they're doing. Hey, uh, Daryl, I want to ask you a final question. Um, sure, sure. We, uh, we fast forward far, far away into the future. Uh, and at that date, at that day in time, far away into the future, I, I tried to look you up, uh, Daryl, on LinkedIn. But it's an empty page. I tried to look you up on the OCBC page, but there there's, doesn't exist. There's white page. Uh, I tried to Google yeah, your yeah. name. I Google your name. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, the only thing I can find are three bullet points. And these three yeah, bullet yeah. points are the life lessons that Daryl wants to leave the world with or wants sure. to be remembered by. What would these three life lessons be? I guess be, be, uh, uh, always be yourself, right? Mm. So... Uh, I guess it's it's good to have a belief on what you strongly believe on, but always to listen 
to other people, right? Uh, there are always multiple views on seeing one thing, right? Hmm. But uh, always stay true to your core belief, right? I yeah. always believe that. So it will a bit, I guess that will go far in life. Uh, second, uh, I, I do a lot of mentorship for, I guess, uh, aspiring people that wants to be investment, right? Uh, just it's painful in the beginning, right? Put the amount of the hours that you need to. I know it's painful that you know working in the weekend with working long hours, but then it does pay off, right? It's a good industry to be on, and your base fundamental will help you a long way when you're in the position to actually make decision. Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess you cannot go. I guess training. I guess I, I always like this athlete. Right? I, I, I come from a sports background. Mm. Look, the amount of training never lies. Right? Mm, sure. uh, when it's a hard decision on the game, uh, the amount of the training, the amount of hour you put in will always show when it matters. Yeah. Right? So do put that amount of hours. Right? So yeah. I, I, I guess I'll be, I don't know whether I can come up with three, right? <laughs> I, uh, still, still a long way. I guess there are a lot of people that I'm still learning from. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of this world. It's a very yeah. humbling journey and a humbling process, right? To yeah. meet founders with extraordinary ideas, meeting other venture capital that has been so successful. Uh, why I like this investment space? Because it's every day, it's a humbling journey, right? Mm. Every day I have to learn new things, right? Yeah. To just stay relevant, right? Yeah. Not to even stay ahead of the game, to just stay relevant. I have to keep learning every day. Yeah, that's so good, man. I think that's a that's a very good point uh, to to also, uh, you know, put the, the interview and uh, uh, finalize it. But I think it's it, it it is a humbling journey, and and you know, just to stay relevant requires you to learn every day. Yes, Only to stay relevant, you already need to learn yes. every day, right? And we don't learn and uh, and we stagnate, so that's not good. Hey, uh, uh, Daryl, I want to thank you so much, man. Really appreciate uh, our uh, candid discussion. I uh, love to see where uh, you know OCBC is. Uh, growing towards and you know what investments you guys are going to make uh, in the coming years ahead uh, thanks again for sharing really appreciate it and I, I hope to see you soon man thanks so much Andrew alright bye bye thank you so much for listening to the Masters of Cashflow podcast if you enjoyed this episode then please share this with a friend that you think would be inspired also make sure to subscribe to the Masters of Cashflow podcast over on Apple and Spotify and I'd really appreciate if you can leave a rating and review on Apple and let me know what your biggest takeaway is of this episode I want to leave you with this final thought. Robin Sharma once said, dream big, start small, but act now. And that is my wish for you that whatever is on your heart or on your mind, that you act now. Thank you so, so much for spending time with me today. And I hope to see you in the next episode.